everybody in America should be training jujitsu. Whether you're a cannabis smoker or not, you should train jujitsu. There's a gym by your house, so start training jujitsu for the future of America. What are you talking about? Smoking in a bong or a blunt. Grass. Thank. Reefer. Was is Just means that's the fucking joint. Ganja. Hash. Awesome. All right. Welcome back. So this week I'm talking with Kevin from the High Rollers. I learned about the High Rollers from my interview with Dupree a couple of months ago. And uh, he told me that there is a a competition where people do Brazilian Brazilian jiu-jitsu under the influence of cannabis. And I so I of course had to look into it. Um, it's, it's a whole thing. It's, it's really cool. They have a gym that's in Las Vegas and it looks like they have events basically every month where, um, competitors get high and roll. And, uh, so whenever you're listening to this, take a look at their information on, on Instagram or their website to find out when you can go See one of their awesome events. Uh, if you train jujitsu, then I uh, highly recommend checking them out, going to visit their gym, and uh, I look forward to thinking about how we can do cool research out there. So looking forward to this conversation. Have a good one. All right. Hello, Kevin. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today about the High Rollers competition and the whole world of um, jujitsu and cannabis. And so tell me about how you got into this and what you do with the company. So how I got into it was um, I sold the cannabis. I was in cannabis for 20 years and I ended up selling a company. Um, When I sold the company, I was 300 pounds. Um, I was traveling throughout the country. I was was ridiculously out of shape and overworked. I started training jujitsu um, right before my 40th birthday, um, I lost a hundred pounds and that was uh, three years ago. <clears throat> I fell in love with jujitsu and being a lifetime cannabis consumer. Um, I found the two intersected with high rollers. So I reached out to high rollers and I started competing in their competitions as an athlete. Um, and then I had an opportunity to purchase a, um, an equity slice and that's what I did. And, and now I'm, I'm happily the uh, managing partner. It's amazing. I, I was an athlete for a long time and um, just didn't enjoy competing anymore. And, uh, but once I found like rock climbing, it was like, oh, I just, I love this activity. And, and for some reason it just like paired really well with, um, with cannabis. And so um, uh, what was your experience with cannabis and exercise? Like before you got into jujitsu? It was no, um, I was so busy working and, and trying to, and starting a young family that I just completely took my health for granted. And I kept my eye on the prize the entire time, which was, you know, detrimental. Um, Walking around right now at 185, I feel like I'm in the right frame. So I I had 115 pounds of fat on my body that just accumulated from, you know, living the traditional American lifestyle. Yeah. Super easy to do that. Exactly. And that's one of the things that the researchers are starting to look into more where um, I guess there is research to show that cannabis users actually have less percent body fat than non-cannabis users, which is surprising because, you know, like we were talking earlier, a lot of people just assume that cannabis users are like these lazy stoners. And it's like, that's actually just not true. 
And so it's really exciting to see events like this really, um, really starting to turn the, um, the tides on how we're even talking about cannabis with exercise. Um, so yeah, one of the things that, um, you know, I've, I've listened to Joe Rogan for years and it's like, there's something about jujitsu and cannabis, um, or just like martial arts and cannabis that, um, maybe it was biased because like the Joe Rogan kind of, uh, thing in my ear is like, oh yeah, like everyone is, you know, getting high and rolling together. And, uh, is that true? Like, is that, is that like just a common thing, like in the jujitsu world? It's really, really common. Uh, but what's also common in the jujitsu community is uh, police officers and first responders, security guys who can't consume cannabis. So it's really funny to go into a jujitsu gym where, you know, I walk in and I smell, you know, like I just smoked a joint because that's exactly what happened. And, and then I fight a, a cop for two hours, you know, so wow. it is very, very relevant. But there's a massive section of the uh, jujitsu um, population that do- obviously doesn't consume cannabis and looks at it like a traditional martial art. Yeah. However, cannabis and jujitsu play well together because we're not punching or striking each other. We're yeah. submitting each other and there's a tap and there's a respect to that tap. So once you get your opponent submitted before they're unconscious, they're going to tap you. And, and that's, it sounds a little harsh, but it's actually a very light way to, to go about martial arts. Yeah. So gosh, that's, I, I didn't even think about the, um, the police officer like that, that kind of realm of jujitsu. Is that, is that kind of starting to change some of these, um, like the military and police officer perception of cannabis use? Are, are people like starting to have more of those or that understanding? Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, last year we did our first um, show because we do one um, jujitsu uh, production a month. And last year we did cops versus stoners. So I, I saw that. That's so awesome. We're so happy. We raised $10,000 for Adopt-A-Cop. And Adopt-A-Cop is a nonprofit that will give all police officers free jujitsu training anywhere in the United States until they're a blue belt, which is generally two years. So we're really proud we were able to raise 10000 for them. <laughs> but it was also really amazing to see one bracket of police officers and the other bracket of stoners, you know, go at it and battle. Um, and then that also breaks down that stigma um, of jujitsu and, uh, excuse me, of cannabis consumers having some sort of a paranoia about police. Yeah. You know, we down uh, after, you know, 50 years of the drug war. That's a, a big tenant of high rollers. Totally. Gosh, so cool. Like how it's as beneficial for both, both sides of the, of the coin there. That's really cool. It's an amazing event. Our next one, our cops for stoners is going to be mid September. So okay. next, it's coming up pretty quickly. Amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, and this is like such an interesting, um, intersection of cannabis use and sport policy as well, where it's like, all right, typically, um, we've seen athletes, like we're going to drug test them and like, they better not test positive for weed or else they're not going to be part of this competition. And this is just like, they're all going to test positive for weed. Like that's what, that's what this is about. And so it's a really interesting way of, of looking at sport policy. Um, I actually played a little video of, um, from like the vice, um, thing about the high rollers event. I played that during a conference that I was talking at, because I was like, this is super interesting that, um, you know, as more sports are starting to become more, um, more open to having, um, cannabis use in their athletes, like the NFL and NBA, um, baseball. Um, and, and this is just like, a like the next level of, of how we can look at, um, athletes and cannabis use. 
Um, yeah, it, it certainly breaks that stigma. You know, you, nobody could possibly watch a High Rollers event and call us lazy. I mean, we are, it's the peak of physical performance um, and, and they're high while they're doing it. And, and they're very active and acrobatic. And it really helps athletes achieve that flow state that they're really looking for. Right. And that's, that's the interesting thing. So I did, I've only done um, some like survey based research right now about cannabis use and, and how people are using cannabis with exercise. And it's just like enjoying the exercise experience seems to be the biggest draw for people um, for like why they're using cannabis with exercise. But that flow element is something else that people were talking about. And that's something that we decided to include on our survey, just because that's how people usually talk about using cannabis with exercise. It's like a flow state. But that's something that in in the scientific realm, it's like, all right, how do I investigate flow state? You know, it's, yeah. it's like hard to kind of um, like, all right, how would I actually look at flow? And so um, can you like see that? Is there like a difference in the style that people are are using when they're in the high rollers competition versus like a, another like MMA, you, you know, like UFC kind of thing or other? Well, when you bring an MMA to the, to the story and, and you're talking about the physical blows to the head and, and the striking, you know, it, it does change a little bit. I, we have a lot of UFC fighters that hang out at high rollers and they're consuming cannabis for recovery, not so much for the flow state. <laughs> because it's a, it's a really, a, it's a life or death battle when you're, when you're talking about MMA, like yeah. they're really trying to murder each other where <laughs> in jujitsu, we have that happy ending, no matter what, you know, there's a hug at the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, so I think with, with jujitsu athletes, it's, it's a martial art. And that art part of it is really where the flow state comes in. When, mm-hmm. when all of your training comes into play at the same time and you're competing and you're not thinking at all. Um, and you're just reacting and you're moving. Um, that is what the flow state is. And, and that's what the jujitsu practitioner is, is really longing for and training for. Um, it's very easy to get knocked out of that state when someone's trying to harm you. Someone's trying to arm bar you or attack your leg um, to keep your composure, keep your focus um, while being under pressure is what the jujitsu cannabis consumer is looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, I use um, cannabis with uh, with rock climbing and I find that, and it's depends on the strain I'm learning, um, yeah. that like yeah. some strains are just like, I feel so safe going up as high as I can um, bouldering. But like there's other strains where I'm like, this is terrifying. I'm like actually like actively scared right now while I'm climbing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so, um, so yeah, I guess like with your own kind of personal experience or like what you've t- heard from other people, how are people finding like that right kind of balance of like using the right amount and like not using too much? Like how are people kind of talking about that? Yeah, I think that's, that's difficult for people as they're first consuming. And then also the method of consumption Right. <laughs> It is difficult. And I think it takes practice. Um, yeah. You know, Jiu-Jitsu practitioners are generally training at least one time per day, right. which offers, you know, that the ability to, to try a strain, go light on it, um, go to practice, maybe go heavier the next day. Um, unfortunately, with cannabis and how it varies on each person, um, there is no direct answer. I think it really comes down to practice. Yeah. Um, like, for example, doctor, like edibles, um, I could smoke cannabis all day or vaporize cannabis, but if I'm consuming cannabis through edibles, um, I'm in a very uncomfortable, uncomfortable state. Um, whether it's a little bit or a lot, it just, it doesn't fit with me and yeah. doing 
two on edibles um, is a horrifying uh, thought. To <laughs> horrifying. Right. And I, like a lot of people look at cannabis like that as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think to answer your question, what it comes down to is practice. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and, it, and, and also to say like cannabis is not for everyone. And, but like, it's, if, it, if you enjoy it in your own life and you want to integrate it into like your own exercise practice, like awesome, do what you're doing, like in the real world, you know, out, outside of exercise and then, you know, bring it into the exercise world. Um, yes. but yeah, it's definitely like a matter of trial and error and figuring out exactly what kind of works. Um, and so at the, um, at the events themselves, um, First of all, like just like what's the what's the overall vibe like? I guess. Well, it's, For a, lack it's of a, a better word. <laughs> it's, it's a great no. It's a great vibe inside of our place. Uh, we're always really proud of it. Um, nobody's drinking, so it's only cannabis consumption. Um, I it's, love a, that. It's a healthy crowd that shows up. Um, the matches are very better and very very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, our matchmakers do just a phenomenal job to bring like a lot of entertainment to the fans. Um, so there's a lot of cannabis being consumed. Um, there's nothing being sold, but a lot being consumed. Yeah. And are people some- like, uh, and, and I can totally cut this out later if you don't <laughs> share this, no, no, but, no. um, are people like bringing their own, um, cannabis there or is there like the strain that everyone's using that day? No, we, we hope that one day that we're able to, um, through the regulatory system in Nevada, have cannabis available to the, to the, to our people. But as of right now, it's just, um, what people bring, but Nevada is a a recreational state. There's an abundance of dispensaries. And because there's an abundance of dispensaries, the prices are low um, compared to Florida or New York or some of the East coast states that are really operating under like a monopoly system. Where here in Nevada, we do have a free market that allows people to to go in and consume, um, you know, what they want and try a lot of different things at once. Where in states like Florida, there's financial, um, financial barriers to a lot of people trying different strains and trying different products. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a whole nother can of worms that <laughs> it, it, it <laughs> I really, really totally get into. Yeah. yeah. It, it's um, yeah. Who is this benefiting? I always think about, cause I'm, I'm coming from a physical therapy perspective as well, where it's like, if yeah. someone wants to use cannabis to deal with their pain or whatever, it, then they have to go into a dispensary and it's like, all right, $50 to just like figure out if, if like, does this product product even work for me? And when you realize like the variety of products that are available, it gets really expensive really quickly that insurance doesn't cover. And it's, it becomes kind of cost prohibitive for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so um, I, so is smoking the typically like the most common way that people are um, consuming for the competition? It is. Um, smoking is is like the old school way, you know, and we also have uh, one of our sponsors is Dr. Dabber. So we do dabs um, yep. on a regular basis as well. Um, dabs have come a long way. I mean, from the butane extraction now to just doing cold water extraction, you know, there's a lot of healthy ways to dab. So yeah. Dr. Dabber is always there handing out dabs. And that's a very popular way to consume, especially among the youth. You know, like I'm, I'm a little on the older side when it comes to jujitsu when you're post 40. Um, so I really like smoking joints, but the younger consumers are really going towards the dabs Interesting. and, and using the electronic dab rigs to uh, yeah. consume. Huh. Yeah. That's actually, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, do you notice any change, like any differences in how people perform when they're using dabs versus smoking? Mm, that's, that's good. I, I can never notice a difference 
um, some of the athletes say that dabbing gives them like a higher level of focus. Hmm. And I would always kind of attribute that to the amount of THC that they're consuming in one dab. I mean, it's, it's quite shocking. Um, so I, I don't, I can't say that there's a difference between smoking and dabbing. No, that'd be very interesting to find out what are the long-term effects of smoking versus dabbing. Right. Exactly. And, and it's like the, where my, you know, science brain goes is like, this is affecting your lungs. And like, obviously when you're, when you're in a a fight for 10 minutes, it's like, that's cardiovascularly demanding. Like your lungs are, are burning by the end of that. And so, um, I, I always wonder about like, would you be able to, um, I like like the the long-term consequences of, of smoking versus, um, edibles or whatever, like depending on the sport, um, especially for, uh, more of a, an aerobic activity. Yes. Aerobic. Yeah. Um, you need to figure that out for us. I gosh, I mean, so, um, basically I interviewed, um, one of my old students who's, um, a UFC MMA guy, um, uh, named Dupree Stewart. And he, um, he's the one who told me about this event and it just blew my mind. And now I'm like, (laughs) Oh my, like there's a whole world that, um, I feel like maybe I haven't met these researchers yet. And, but like, I haven't really seen any research specifically looking at cannabis use in the jujitsu martial arts kind of world in general. But, um, you know, I was like, gosh, do I have like a new like business? I'm, I'm constantly thinking of business ideas. It's like my new business ideas. Like I can help people figure out what that right strain is, like what that right amount, like to talk to like dial in that, that right amount that was, that'd be actually good for performance or like, all right, when you did this, like your performance yep. is trash. Like, all right. So we now need to like adjust that from there. But yeah, there's so many like really cool, um, new directions that we can go in terms of research which brings me to the question I ask everyone, which is uh, what, what research questions do you think are worth investigating? So cannabis and recovery is a very hot topic. Um, cannabis and flow state is also a hot topic, but um, a lot of athletes that we see, both MMA and jujitsu athletes, are using cannabis post-training to relax their bodies and almost like a anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. in a way. I mean, ice baths and saunas are, are all the rage right now. And, and we do both. We do, the, we do the plunge and we jump into the sauna and the, the whole thing. Um, but doing that with cannabis, there's something very just satisfying and relaxing about that. And the jujitsu training that we do are, is very, very intense. Um, like weird things hurt at the end of the day, like your toe. And then like you, your weird muscle in your back that you didn't even know was there. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh puts all that at ease. So I think where research really needs to focus is, is cannabis and recovery. Yeah. And there's just so many different variables like with, within that already, when you bring up the the ice bath and the sauna, it's like, okay, that's like another level of like, what is actually leading to that better recovery? Is it like, you know, is it the sauna? Is it the ice? Is it the cannabis? Is it all three together? Um, and, uh, and like the stress relief part of it as well. I mean, if you're in this, in this heightened state of like, I might die, then like, yeah, yeah it would feel, probably feel good in terms of recovery to just like chill out for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so that exactly. might help with the re- recovery as well. Um, yeah. And so then what's the, uh, what's the future of high rollers? So the future of high rollers is so bright. Um, we, we put on these shows once a month. Um, we have a great team event coming up in two weeks in August. Um, the cops for stoners is coming in September. 
Um, okay. We have an Army versus Navy benefit coming in November. Yeah. Um, we have Jessica I, who's a, an ex-UFC fighter. She's our business partner in High Rollers. Okay. She does October, and that's Ladies' Night. So we do breast cancer awareness for Ladies' Night. Um, and then the future of 2023, we're planning, but lots of great jujitsu, lots of great cannabis sponsors helping us put this together and, and trying to bring jujitsu to a whole new level. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's all based in, um, in Vegas, correct? Yeah. Our, our headquarters is in Vegas. Um, we draw athletes from all over the country, um, to come and compete either in our open tournaments or our, um, professional shows, which are once a month. And, uh, yeah, we're happy to have anybody, anytime they're in Vegas, stop by and see our facility, um, see what we're up to. We do have um, training going on almost every day. So if someone's in Vegas, please hit us up on some of the social media platforms and we'll arrange a visit. Awesome. Yeah, we yeah. have a, we draw a lot of athletes from Humboldt, actually. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu is really up there. It's huge. I mean, I was just talking yeah. to a friend who's a farmer out here who um, grows some of the best weed, I, uh, in my opinion. And he does jujitsu regularly as well. And so it's like, there's there's something to this and we can get some of these, um, I don't know, like some of these really cool partnerships between like what what weed, you know, what weed is actually in the people's systems, the, the athletes themselves and performance, and then like bringing in the science to put it all together. Well, we encourage anybody from the medical um, um, industry to come to our place and check us out. We'll give you as much data as we possibly can. We're really into it. We want to break the stigma. And if we can help with your research or anybody's research, we're willing to do that. Heck yeah. Amazing. Um, I will absolutely take you up on that. Um, (laughs) So um, for anyone else who's listening right now, how can people find you? Um, You can go to highrollersbjj.com. We're also very um, active on Instagram. You can just look look us up, highrollersbjj. Um, and we're very easy to communicate with and we're very open. So please reach out. Yeah. And I'll, I'll put the links to that in the, in the description of the podcast episode. Um, so people can easily click on those links. Um, is there anything else that you think I, that people should know? Um, no, I, I just think everybody in America should be training jujitsu, whether you're a cannabis smoker or not, you should train jujitsu. There's a gym by your house. So start training jujitsu for the future of America. All right. All right. That's an awesome way to end. Done. <laughs> cool. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Right. Bye-bye. Well, see ya. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more, you can follow me on Instagram at Exploring Cannabis and Exercise or at Dr. Ogle. Or you can visit my website at WhitneyOgle.com. If you want to support this podcast, you can sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash exploring cannabis and exercise. This podcast was produced by Haley Montowski, and the music used on this podcast is called Bonfire Cauliflower, created by Isaac Joel. Make good choices out there.